it on? Are you? It is okay. On. Okay. <laughs> Armed and dangerous. Sort of. <laughs> um, I'm going to reveal some things. Some big reveals. Mm, okay. A podcast host's heart is an ocean of secrets. Are you prepared? Not really. <laughs> lyrics to go the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best but have largely dodged public ridicule until now i'm mark and i'm here with seth how are you seth did you say podcast i, I you know what i, I think was you did. i i was like well seth because usually you will blurt out when i say something wrong Sometimes. immediately i've done i've held back but Late. you didn't so i was like maybe i didn't <laughs> um but apparently clearly clearly i did this is the podcast um how are you you're you're in a good mood i'm in a very good mood right now seth came here mm. already in a good mood well I, I had a hard hard day man this it was, was a hard, hard day's night it was a hard day's night I had a lot of very hard tr uh trying things at work and stuff like that but just something happened uh when i got in the car on the way over here between the music and the news and my, my wife called me and said go on the wfmu uh, page wfmu.org and look at the uh the headers that that screech across their page and sure enough there it said the shy tunas this saturday july 15th on double dip recess with roger 9 a.m damn and uh of course by, by the time people hear this it'll be over but i mean just the fact i, I a couple of years ago mark uh the shy tunas were on dr demento's show <laughs> and it's a dream. I mean, that's still kind of the peak. I mean, I mean, it's kind of been downhill. For there me. are worse things in the world. But see, it feels like there was a valley between <clears throat> then and now that we're. I don't know if we're back up at Doctor Demento level. Well, I mean, to be fair, I, I feel like you guys don't push your stuff super, super hard. You don't have a manager. No. So I mean, for a family band who puts stuff out and kind of. Sends out a thing or two to a couple places or whatever. You guys are doing very well. She sent out an email to a kid, a, a guy on a radio show, I think maybe in North Carolina or Tennessee or something like that, and he started playing us. And from there, we got notifications of uh, other radio kids shows, radio stations, kids shows playing us in like, uh, I think somewhere out west. I think it was Seattle. And one, I, I do specifically remember that they were playing us on the regular on at a radio at a terrestrial radio station in Aberdeen, Scotland on the reg. But, uh, we found out about a, a kid show that we, a show. I just want to say it's a show because it's for everybody on Saturday mornings that we love on WFMU because Mark, do you know a lot about WFMU? No, it's fantastic. I mean, th there are great shows in the well, morning. Now I know tons about it <laughs> in the morning, in the morning, they have uh, clay pigeon and we, and his playlists are fantastic. I'm telling you, Mark, you should listen to it on the way to work. You would love Wake and Bake in the Morning with Clay Pigeon, just the music. I've found so much great new music, and oftentimes I'll be riding into work, and all of a sudden um, John Spencer Blues Explosion will come on or Pavement or something from the 90s because he's like kind of a 90s head like we are, and, and it's great. And, of course, they got a lot of other shows, Dave the Spaz, Sheena's Jungle Room, but we had really liked Double Dip Recess with Roger. And... Um, 
he started playing our music and then really, really, you know, talking about us a lot uh, in between the songs. And people started paying a little bit more attention to us, like, you know, Spotify hits and things, I think because of Roger. And then he had uh, reached out to us and said, if you ever make it up to New York, you know, come on by and we'll have you play on the show. And, you know, we had some time this summer to make it up there. Here we are. And now, yeah, it's just, it's kind of been whirlwind. It's been a little bit whirlwind. And, I mean, coupled with the fact that on the ride over here, that I got to hear this song. I always listen to the songs before the show on the way over. And uh, last week's didn't really, wasn't a great trip over. No. This week's was a lot different. Just like the peaks and valleys of the Shy Tunas, there are peaks and valleys for me for this song. Mm. This song. Peaks and valleys for this band. For this band. But for me, the way I feel about it, this song is called Hook. It's by a band called Blues Traveler. Yes. And I think, and I, I'm going to guess that you're going to say, what's your relationship with this song? I'm just going to sure. spell it out there. Um, I've always, since being young and growing up and, you know, the music that I did, especially starting out my musical endeavors and listening to, like, hardcore and hard, hard-edged music, you tend to steer away from anything hippie-ish. And for years and years, I didn't like anything Grateful Daddy, didn't anything like anything with fish involved. And I always kind of cast Blues Traver, Tra- Traveler into that category. My good friend Danny of the New 76ers and formerly of the Strip Club Moms from 20 years ago tried to get me to listen to Grateful Dead, and I just dismissed it all the time. I, 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 at the time, I genuinely didn't like it. But as you get older and you learn things, you loosen up and you start to see the beauty in things. And I would have to say that about three or four years ago, uh, I took the time to actually pay attention to this song. And boy, did the beauty just pop out. Yeah, it did. And uh, and now when I hear it, it just it makes me happy at how clever it is. Because, Mark, last week we covered a song with essentially... No substance that was pure nonsense. And this song is about pure nonsense with plenty of substance. This song is, um, this song, funny enough, um, as we mentioned, suggested by Terry Lynn, who suggested another song that is very much kind of in the same vein, which was Heya. Um, which was basically, you don't give a shit what we're saying. Um, so it's very funny that she suggested two of these songs. Um, <clears throat> I have a very, very close relationship with this song in this album. Wow. Um, my friend Jessica Gibbard, who um, for many, many, many years, we were basically inseparable. The way that we became friends was she asked me about this album and asked if I had it and if she could borrow it. Um, So as you can imagine, um, that became kind of an underlying theme of our friendship. So whenever a song, whenever Blues Traveler kind of in general comes on, but this song um, or Run Around comes on, um, we immediately think of each other. So this song will forever make me think of her. Um, the other trombone player in table nine and uh, just one of my dearest and closest friends for a long time. For years, we referred to her as bomb. bomb. I like calling yes. her Jessica yeah. now. She's a grown up, actual human adult woman now. 
mm-hmm. and we're not a bunch of teenagers and stuff. I still call her bomb every once in a while, um, just out of habit, but you know, um, also, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I had never heard, I, I'm, I, I, even when I wasn't much of a musician, I definitely paid attention to instruments and like realizing that something sounds different and I had never heard the accordion played the accordion. I had never heard <laughs> the uh, harmonica played like this. And I originally, I think the first time I ever heard John Popper play was on um, What Would You Say, I believe, by Dave Matthews Band. One of the first singles from Under the Table and Dreaming. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. And then found out, you know, they're all part of this like jam band collective. Um, and, you know, did I go on to like love everything by Blues Travel after that? No. No, I listened to this album a fair amount and I still remember some of the songs, even the ones that weren't hits. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I remember learning this song on bass and, uh, you know, it was just one of those songs that I would sit there and try and pluck along and and learn myself. And I still, even though I think I kind of always understood the lyrics, it was not very, very, um, you know, holy shit until I really started researching them. And here we are. And now we're here. We're here. And now we're here. (laughs) Um, Blues Traveler, 1986. Is that your first exposure to them was the Under the under the Table and Dreaming? I, I think that is like the first time I heard John Popper without knowing it was John Popper. Okay. Then I heard Run Around. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. Yep, yep. And uh, I That's was like, oh. That's the first oh. time I heard him. And yeah. then Hook and stuff like that. And then but anyway. I started like learning. Yeah. I, then like, you know, but anyway, was on the ending credits of uh, what movie? Kingpin, was it? I think it was Kingpin. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Um, it was you. You can hear his voice, and mm-hmm. then you start putting his voice to the fact that someone's going nuts on the harmonica. Uh-huh. Then he did the theme song for Roseanne. That's um, right. That's right. At one point, yeah. And um, I think he was on the show. He actually appeared on the show. He was on the show. Yeah. Yes. Um, but uh, I think at that point I probably wasn't watching anyway. I'd, I used to sit and watch TV with my folks when I was when I was younger. Oh, we all did. And then uh, eventually grew out of that, and I was, you know, at the door, etc. Yes, it was at the end of Kingpin, by the way. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, from Princeton, New Jersey, started in uh, 1987, uh, not, not 1986. Um, they were also the band that was responsible for spearheading the Horde Festival, if you remember that. H-O-R-D-E. I think I remember that. The Horizons of Rock Developing Everywhere. <laughs> Just like such a forced... <laughs> anagram? Well, acronym. Uh, acronym. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Acronym. Or um, anagram. Wait. An anagram is where you switch the words or the sw- le- switch the letters around. An acronym is where the letters, letters make up Each word. first letter uh, stands for something. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's an initialism. Which I believe is just what it's like FBI, where it doesn't make a word. Right. Uh, CIA. And then there's Spoonerisms that you love. And then there's Spoonerisms, yes, yes exactly. which I'm a big fan um, of. There's uh, apparently at the very beginning of this group, uh, Chris Barron, who we all know from uh, One, Two Princes Who Adore You. Now just go ahead now. The Spin Doctors. <laughs> yes. Spent which, some time. Yeah, there's going to be a Spin Doctors song at some point. You mm-hmm. can pretty much put money down on it. 
Uh, yeah. So were you going to, I didn't know if you were going to go. No, I was going to say that he, you know, he, uh, he spent some time playing with these guys, uh, with this. They started a band called the establishment. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the group started an apartment on Bergen street in Brooklyn, which is amazing. Uh, my good friend, Brian, when Jennifer and I flew up in 2005 to meet him, lived right off of park in Bergen. There you go. Yeah. Um, they were originally just called, uh, Something really, really lame. Blues band. Blues band. Yeah. <laughs> they were originally the establishment decided to go with blues band. Uh, they, you know, did covers, etc. They added a guitarist, uh, Chan Kinchla, um, and a bassist named Bobby Sheehan. Um, Went to high school with a guy named Bobby Sheehan. Did you? It did really. Jesus, are yeah. you sure you weren't in Blues Trevor? No, no, no. I'm very much not in Blues Trevor, but that's just, I mean, the coincidence is definitely. Um, Graham also attention, I mean, they also attract, attracted the attention of David Graham, son of the world famous concert promoter, Bill Graham. Yep. You know, I don't know, for those of you that don't know, Bill Graham, very famous for promoting concerts at a place called the Fillmore. Um he became their manager. They started a relentless, according to Wikipedia, touring schedule, expanding their reach up and down the East Coast at this time. We're looking at 1990 here. Yeah. Um, so they would jam together. Um, they had little jam sessions in a place that they referred to as the Black Cat. Um, they, I guess, saw a black cat and they were like, oh, that's our new mascot. So if you've ever seen them and there's a cat smoking a cigarette for some reason, that's how they got that. Uh, then they ended up changing their name from Blues Band. <laughs> just the la- Can you imagine being in a band called Blues Band? Can you imagine going and trying to sell yourself to a club and saying, we're Blues Band and having them take you seriously? <laughs> no, no, you don't understand. It's capital B, capital B. Right. That makes all the difference. <laughs> oh, now I'll have you come play here for 500 a night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they ended up changing it to Blues Traveler, uh, taking the uh, the Traveler from the primary demon in the film Ghostbusters, Gozer the Traveler. Mm. So, Gozer there you go. Gozerian. Yes. They're from Princeton, New Jersey. Um, they all got together. They were, in, I mean, they were in high school when they first started jamming together. So, they get together. They put out three albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Anyway is on the first album and gets some, you know, gets a little bit of play, uh, but doesn't really do much for him. This is their fourth album, and it's called Four. Four. Just about as inventive as Blues Band. Guys really cutting their creative (laughs) teeth in the first four. Yeah. But, you know, uh, gave us uh, Runaround, which was on their second record, Travelers and Thieves. That's where I first heard them. Uh, I will admit that I was taken when I first heard Runaround. I was like, this sounds different, it's unusual. Um, and then when I found out what they came from, I dismissed them, sadly. But, you know, we're in our impetuous youth, we make rash decisions that are, uh, you know, you come to look back on and, and, and you're glad you fixed. So I, I do want to correct myself real quick. I did say earlier that um, that uh, Chris Barron was in blues band. He was not. He was in a second band that were founded by Brendan Hill, the drummer, and John Popper called The Trucking Company. What? Yeah, and uh, Chris Barron was the singer of that band. Uh, he went off to, of course, go and do the Just call themselves Acme Band. <laughs> Rock group. Rock group. <laughs> Harmonica Man. Just change change all their names. I'm Oh, I changed my name from Brendan Hill to Drum Guy. Four-piece group. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
Uh, so, you know, fast forward until we get into the 90s, uh, and, you know, they're playing and getting along with Paul Schaefer, who shows up in the music video. David Letterman says he's their favorite band around this he does, time. He yeah. does, yeah. I mean, and look, uh, you get it, right? I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's a loop of a catchy chord progression with a guy who... Uh, I, you know, I will be the first to admit, do I know the most harmonica players on the face of the planet? No. And when you hear harmonica players, you think of like, what's his name? Paul Butterfield. Paul Butterfield. Um, you know, you think of a couple different like blues guys. It's mostly a blues instrument. Uh, Smith. Smith. Full stop. Elmore, or not. Smith Smith. Uh, no, of no. Course. What's the guy? Uh, Famous harmonica player. Smith Smith. 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 <laughs> of the Smiths. <laughs> of the Smith. Yeah. Uh, Smith harmonica of the Smith band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's going to look that up while he, yeah. while he looks it up. I mean, there's just, you don't have a huge slice. It's not like guitar where you can argue over Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen and Halen and Ungwain Malmsteen Yingui. and all these different people like, or just argue how he pronounces his first name. When you're talking harmonica players, there's, you know, that are popular. There's not a whole lot. When we said Paul Butterfield, a lot of people probably said, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about with that. It is George alluring. Harmonica Smith. George I kn- Harmonica really that, is Yeah, that, that, well, that was what they called him. But that was the guy that played with Muddy Waters. I knew I was right. I knew okay. I was going somewhere um, just from, you know, going back. It's You're right, though. You don't think of a lot of... The inspiration for John Popper, well, a lot of people are like, who did you like? Did you like, you know, George Harmonica Smith? That was a big uh, harmonica player at the time. His inspiration was the Blues Brothers. Jake and Elmore Blues. Dan right. Aykroyd's character played the harmonica in the movie. It was really great. But when you, he's light years away from what Dan Aykroyd is playing in the movies and what comes out in, in these later records, and especially the solo on this damn song. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and we could do probably a whole episode. I don't know if you want to get into John Popper stuff now or if you want to get into it later. Uh, let's get into it later. Okay, yeah. um, because we could probably do a whole fucking episode about him, um, the good and the bad, because he's obviously a very, very talented guy. He is also a fucking nutcase yeah, uh, through and through yeah. in a couple of different regards. So anyway, they put out four, they put out Runaround, and then they put out Hook, which the music video features about 25% of the music video for Runaround, which they show in flashbacks. And, um, you know... Are the lyrics, this is, as we kind of mentioned, this episode is not a um, we're shitting all over it episode, really. Uh, this episode is a were you listening to the song, were you singing along and not knowing exactly what the song was about and what was going on? So I didn't. Yeah. Until about four years ago. Yeah, I was going to say, I, you know, I think I finally heard the song and paid a little bit of attention. But uh, the second verse um, is just really struck me. It's beautiful. It's <clears throat> it is beautiful. some very, very neat stuff. And because of the way it's set up, even the bad lyrics are good. You know what I mean? Like, because I, Jennifer and I hold on. Jennifer and I had a talk about this the other night. And I was like, you know, great, great second verses. Um, one of them is, uh, in my opinion, American girl, you mm-hmm. know, she was kind of cold that night. She stood alone on her balcony and I was telling her and Jennifer, which I, I've been married, my wife, I've been married to her for years and years. And she goes, 
well, yeah, I've known that since the beginning. I said, what? And she goes, you save your best one for the second. And then I started thinking of all the songs that she wrote. <sighs> God damn, she's right. So, I mean, and here's the thing is that I get very frustrated when TV shows come out and the first couple episodes of the first season people are like oh it didn't like blow me away and it's like well it's not supposed to right it's setting you up mm-hmm. for the good stuff and that's how storytelling storytelling goes it ebbs and flows i didn't mean for that to rhyme <laughs> um but you know it's like you you need to get to know the characters and just doing bla- this isn't a fucking you know uh a podcast about you know storytelling or song or writing or yeah or, or lyric writing or whatever but like you don't want to just give a bunch of bland exposition um <laughs> you know you you want to take some time and let people learn to love these characters naturally um and you know the though this music you know this song is not doing that it's still you know it still stands to reason that it's it's a good idea to leave a little bit of fascination for the uh, for the later for the later part. Would also like to point out that the first verse in this song is real damn good too. I mean, yeah. it's not like you know you're getting a mediocre one and then a fantastic. No, verse. it lays the ground. It lays the I groundwork, mean, it lays and, it's, the ground. and 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 on standing on its own, it's still really good. So know? we get a uh, we get a chord progression that is strikingly similar hmm, to what there, Mark? To Paco Bell's Canon in D, D minor. Is it D minor? Uh, it's probably D minor. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's not exactly the same, and it's repurposed, I think, in A. Um, but uh, you know, again, it's it's serving a purpose. The purpose is that you've heard this chord progression a million and one times. D major. D major. D major. I should have figured. It doesn't sound depressing. No. It doesn't matter what I say. So long as I sing with inflection That makes you feel I'll convey Some inner truth or vast reflection But I've said nothing so far And I can keep it up for as long as it takes and it don't matter who you are. If I'm doing my job, it's your resolve that breaks. Should we get into the chorus? Or we just no, no, no. Let's let's talk about this, man. The fact that he started off this song with "It doesn't matter what I say." Um, it's I, I, I don't find it difficult that in 1994 it was so easy for me to dismiss it with those first lines. Yeah. But, um, you know, of course, he's setting a tone here and you have to you have to pay attention. You have to keep going. As long as I say it, if I just I think to myself, I'd kick myself if I could just go back and say, just pay attention to what inflection means. You ding dong. Yeah, exactly. Just go back and say, pay attention to what inflection as so long as I sing with inflection, and then that makes that makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection, and it I mean it goes from and you know we're trying to downplay the first verse. It it's there's just depth right I, there. I'm not downplaying the, downplaying the first. Verse. I mean I mean the second verse is great in its own way, but the first verse 
is the money shot. I mean, the first verse, yes, because the second verse has some cleverness to this. But I mean, the you know, it's it's sort of like it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. Where it's playing the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift while he's singing it. Mm -hmm. Here he's saying, like, it doesn't matter what I say as long as I sing with inflection that makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. As long as I am singing like I, I am singing something meaningful... You're going to think it's meaningful. You don't want to hear me. You just want to dance. Exactly. I mean, really. I mean, exactly. really. Yeah. It's. It's. I mean, I would. I. I will say with I sound with all with all due respect to Andre Three Stacks, and there, trust me, much, much, much respect. This is a much deeper song. It is. Yeah. It and is. and it go and it and it goes much deeper. I mean, it's a completely different thing altogether. It's a completely different animal. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, the music video does a lot of work to show you because when you see this, you think music. When you see the music video, you start realizing how far this goes. Right. That it's this is not this if if I if I talk and I'm using a lot of I'm going up and I'm getting really quiet. You know, um, there is a really funny uh, fake TED talk. That went around, and maybe if I think of it, I'll uh, I'll put it up on the uh, the lyrics to go Facebook. Okay. Um, where it's it's just a guy giving a p- TED talk, but he's just like making fun of TED talks. Oh, he's, he's like, like giving the tones. What and... if I put a big word up on the screen? Wow. <laughs> now I right. get really quiet. Anxiety. And you pay attention. Right. And I say words like this. I fold my hands while I speak. <laughs> exactly. Then this I turn is, left this. and walk across the stage and shake those folded hands at this portion of the audience. You know, and the fact that you know we we come in with you know a go around of the the uh, the chord progression twice or so, maybe four times. We get halfway through the verse, and even halfway through the verse, he says, "I've said nothing, nothing so, so far." far. <laughs> it's it's kind of genius. I've said because he has already. <laughs> With I've gone through a couple of corporate and I've already said nothing and I can keep it up for as long as it takes. <laughs> and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. That's listening. If I'm doing my job and I'm making it sound like what I'm saying is really, really meaningful. It's your resolve that breaks because you are going to love this song because it's catchy. So this chord progression this canon in D major. Mm. Am I correct in that it is G C A minor D? Is uh, that it? It is a it is an eight chord chord progression. All right, but um, it is similar also to Basket Case, right? By Green Day. There's um, these two Australian guys that come out and play like every song. You're talking about the ever... the axis of uh, what I, I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. I can't remember. Yeah, the name. yeah. they do. Uh, they they do. It's called four the four chord song. Yeah, I, is this the same four chords? No, no. Okay, this is an eight chord chord progression, so it's a little bit different. All right, but it's like. But how many like, minor chords are we getting out of this? You think just one, one um, or two? I don't know if they're. I don't know. I I'm mean, sure it is Pachelbel's Canon in D major, so it's it's in a major key, and in this major key, if you, when people know things, the creepiness comes out of the uh, out of the minor keys. Major keys tend to be happier and more exuberant, and and you are getting exuberance and happiness 
But my God, it, such a dark turn in what he's saying. Yeah. I mean, for those unfamiliar, Paco Bell's D, uh, Paco Bell's canon in D is roughly. That is Paco Bell. Yes. That is Paco Bell's D. Yes. I, I'll edit the other shitty one out. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Um, or leave um, it in. Uh, <laughs> so people but, um, go, listen to what that jackass did on this episode. I mean, I fucked it up. We both fucked it up. Um, um, but that. so the, the whole point here is as long as you've got that chord progression and someone who sounds like they know what they're talking about. And I mean, doesn't this also call upon so many songs that we've said that people, this reminds us of last week's song. This reminds us of um, when we were talking about um, Hard in a Blender song. Okay. You're welcome for having that in your head again. Yeah. Um, where we talk it about is. like how there are lines in there that don't mean anything. Uh, you know, that he just throws a line in every once in a while where it's just enough for you to understand what the song is supposed to be about. This song is talking about all of those songs. Right. This song is the key. This song is saying... <laughs> As long as I sound like it means a lot to this, me. This song is the key master. Yes. And you are the gatekeeper. And you are the gatekeeper. Yes. As long as I sound like I really, really give a shit about what I'm talking about, you'll make up reasons as to why it matters. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll take your own ideas and, and you'll put your own meaning to Which it. Which is essentially a tale as old as time. When you've gone back to the first bits of music probably ever made. When cavemen were knocking on sticks, you know, I'm sure that they were thinking to themselves, this probably means something, but in reality it doesn't. You know, just the way I sound is really what matters. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the uh, the genius annotations for this are, are actually kind of spot on. Uh, for the second half of the verse, it says, he hasn't said anything to the listener that's very interesting, but he has no problem doing that because he knows the song is more than, en more than enough to keep the listener listening. The hook, so to speak. In fact, there are several examples one could cite here, with the best analog being the police's de-do-do-do-da-da-da, since it even dares to talk about the power of meaningless lyrics as well. Which I mean, you know, eh. I you know, I like well, this one a little better. Oh, this song is yeah. worlds better than do yeah. do do do. I think, yeah. and I love the police, but this song, it does a it does a much better and a much more succinct way of uh, of doing it. And then we we find out why it's your resolve that breaks because the hook brings you back. I ain't telling you no lie. The hook brings you back. On that, you can rely. Love these backing vocals, too. I know. They're really great. And and <laughs> to go back for one second, won't take long. If I'm doing my job, it's your resolve that breaks. Mm -hmm. I love how he puts the impetus on himself. Yeah. You know, and then breaks you down. You know, I mean, it's it, that's... That's, reminding that's, you that's, that that music is a job perfect song. <laughs> you know that's, what i mean that's really good songwriting like man. it's 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 reminding you that this is what i'm supposed to be doing and he just he, he hoists it on himself there for just a second he hoists it on himself there for a second but then but then just immediately throws it back but it's your resolve that breaks um yeah it's it's very very good verse two well are we going to talk about the chorus oh, at the all chorus. No? i'm so sorry i forgot um it's just i'm i'm taken with these words yeah i mean <sighs> if i'm doing my job it's your resolve that breaks because 
the hook brings you back. And of course, he says that right when it gets to the hook. It's right when we get to the chorus. You know, this is the when you tell people, you know, it's so funny to play songs for people where they go, I don't know this song. And then it gets to the chorus and they go, oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I know this song. Mm. This is the hook. And it brings you back. I'm not telling you no lie. He's told you the absolute truth so far. Yeah. The hook brings you back on that. You can rely. Uh, there's really nothing to take apart there. I mean, he is telling you exactly what's He's doing what. his job on him. You can rely. You can count on John Popper. Yeah, well, sounds like a reliable guy. <laughs> Wait, uh, uh, yeah. uh, uh, spoiler: Stick around. Yes. He's not. Stick around <laughs> about fifteen twenty minutes. Yeah. Then we get the second verse. There is something amiss. I am being insincere. In fact, I don't mean any of this. Still, my confession draws you near. To confuse the issue, I'll refer to familiar heroes from long ago. No matter how much Peter loved her, what made the pan refuse to grow was that the hook brings you back I ain't telling you no lie the hook brings you back on that you can rely now I had to go into the chorus there Seth because no I get it no it's it fits I mean they fit together there's a key there there's the Gozar key master to to Change it to a tale of Peter Pan, referring to Hook, Captain Hook, as bringing him back to Neverland. He is now completely playing games with you. He has now taken Hook, meaning the chorus, and switched it around to referring to Peter Pan and Captain Hook. It is... There's just one thing. Okay. He's not really confusing the issue, in my opinion. If you have any knowledge of Peter Pan and what's going on and what goes on with him, to confuse the issue, I'll refer. Is he? Well, I think what he's saying. What uh, is he saying? I, right I there? think when he's Spell saying confuse the issue. So, well, I'll read you from the the genius okay. annotation. Right. John was singing about a musical hook, but now he's decided to confuse the listener by singing about uh, Captain Hook from Peter Pan. It seems like a trick, but it's a rather poignant idea. Staying a child meant Peter Pan could never be with Wendy, but growing up meant he could never again battle with Hook. He chose Hook. The, hook. Um, the band apparently has a very, very big thing with Peter Pan um, and that story, which most grown men who are traversing the world in jam bands um, want to stay young forever. And it is a story that they know very, very well because they don't want to grow up. And there are plenty of jam band. Uh, what musician does? Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, especially jam bands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're going around and, and you can, you know, do things that ba that successful bands do 
who wants to grow up and and get married and have kids? Uh, yeah, I know. At some point, you got to make people that'll take care of you when you get older. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what it boils down to. Um, uh, well, that really oh, that's kind of opening my eyes a little bit to confuse the issue. Um, it it is kind of funny, um, in that there is something amiss. I am being insincere, um, but from the very get go, he says, "I does it doesn't matter what I say." Right, you know. So how how seriously can you take the sincerity? It's just you know, I mean, it's it's not. It, it ain't a perfect song, but goddamn, you know what? The imperfections make beautiful overall pictures when it's all done. But you know, that's just one thing. He's not being sincere. There is something amiss. Well, there is something amiss. Well, I, I and think there's uh, no substance to the song. Yeah, the genius annotation for that says the listener still doesn't understand what Popper sincerely believes, but instead of confessing that, he draws attention to how confession sounds interesting because he is declaring that like things like something is amiss and emphasizing words like insincere and confession. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think that it's still kind of trying to play off of uh, that first verse a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, that, you're still just kind of listening to what he's saying mm-hmm. and you're still kind of on the hook waiting, you know, waiting to hear what it is that he's, you know, whoa, he said that he's being insincere when you don't even really understand what happened in the first verse. Exactly. You're like, oh, well, you know, what's going on? Um, and then he brings up the the Peter Pan thing uh, and then into the uh, chorus. Um and then we get our little. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you have anything else you want to say about this? Uh, just verse? for a second, I think sure. it's. I think it's. I just have to point out the beauty of something, and I love doing this as opposed to what we did last week, pointing out the shittiness of something. Uh, that at the end of the first verse, he's. It's it's his revo- resolve. It's your resolve that he's breaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that's 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 finishing something, and then still my confession draws you near comes at the middle of the second verse. Um, those are just two lines that I'd like to point out that I think are, are fantastic. Um, it's your resolve that I break. You got to wonder what the resolve is. Um, you know, I, I kind of get it. Maybe it's the, maybe he's singing a lullaby. Maybe he's singing, uh, maybe he's singing to a girl. Maybe it's just to keep the attention of somebody until they can get sold something, which comes up, you know, which comes up. But, um, Still, my confession draws you near the fact that you're that he that he points out twice in both verses that the 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 magic of his voice and this hook and what he's saying is just going to it's it's going to get you. You yep. can't escape it. I, I think it's I think it's perfect. It's your resolve that breaks. Yeah. Then we get the third verse. So we get a little wrapped verse. Now, this is going to be this is going to be tough. <laughs> now, I'll be honest with you. I, I know probably almost all, if not this whole rap by heart because I knew this song so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very, very fast and rap has always been a difficult um, genre to cover on the show because I try to speak very plainly um, what the lyrics are. Kind of um, like done one rap song. Well, yeah. I, I, this is not a please document it well that I am not calling this a rap song, but one week for instance, mm-hmm. has a very fast rap-esque, 
you know, thing. Not a rap song. Not a rap song, but I mean, he is fucking with technically Dre. rapping. Really the only rap song we did. Yeah, yeah. which was easier because it wasn't as fast. And we've had a couple of other songs that are fast. But I am I am I am going to just kind of go at my own pace and I'll just figure out what the hell I'm going to do with the music later. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're Rin Tin Tin or Ann Boy Lin, make a desperate move or else you'll win and then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC it's killing me. So desperately, I sing to thee of love. Sure, but also of rage and hate and pain and fear of self. And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. I've tried. Well, no, in fact, I lied. It could be financial suicide, but I've got too much pride inside to hide. All right, should we stop there? Because this is long. I mean, we're halfway through it. Yeah. We're not even halfway for, through yeah, it. Yeah, stop there for a second. Um, and I mean, the genius annotations here are, I, I mean. Go off. <laughs> I, here's the thing. Blues Traveler has a has a rabid fan base because um, they're a jam band. Now, they have, you know, they got, I think they had their last major label. Uh, they were kicked off their last major in 2002, I think. Wow, has it been that long? But they've been on a number of independents since then. Um, John Popper um, released a solo album, at least one. And it was right around the time, spoiler alert, that bassist uh, Billy Sheehan. Bobby. Bobby Sheehan. Thank you. Billy Bobby. Billy Sheehan. White um, man thing. I mean, there's so many Sheehans, I yeah, feel there like. There are, yes. Um, what was the name of the bassist from uh, Mr. Big? Uh, Billy Sheehan. Okay. He's also in, no, it wasn't the game. I'm sorry, Mr. Big, not White Lion. Okay, that's yeah, what I yeah. thought. I was like, is there another fucking Sheehan? Jesus Christ. No, yeah. In any event. Uh, right when around when he um, when he overdosed accidentally in his uh, in his apartment uh, the night after or the day after a jam session that he held um, was right around the time that uh, that John Popper had heart issues and ended up getting a gastric bypass or some kind of surgery. That's what it is. Yeah. By the way, it is almost <coughs> it's almost guaranteed, especially if we put this on Twitter that he will listen to this episode um, because he is or has been. Yeah. And we'll talk. We, we'll just talk about this later. Yeah. Maybe I'll even edit that out and just bring this all up later. Okay. Um, but, you know, they have a rabid fan base and they have people that definitely want to come in here and, and make sense out of every little thing. We would be here all night. And make sure that you get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we would be here all night if we tried reading all these. Um, so we're not going to. Um, but suffice it to say, I think a lot of this stuff is just them kind of saying a bunch of nonsense. Um, a cross between playing a bunch of nonsense, uh, saying a bunch of nonsense, and also kind of talking through what he wants the song to be about, uh, the different things the song can be about. Um, it, it, it really is nonsense. You're going through the tin tin line, the desperate move. Uh, that's, you know, Rin Tin Tin or Amberlynn is, is nonsensical. Make a desperate move or else you'll win. That makes no sense. I mean, that's just that's the opposite. Uh, when you begin to see what you're doing to me, we haven't even discussed what 
the other person in the room. It may it essentially seems to be John Popper and no one else throughout the song. Yeah, uh, MTV is now not here. Free. Now here, I'd say we're getting into some some meaning on that line. <clears throat> uh, this MTV is not for free. Okay, yes, because I think he's I think he's talking about there is a price to pay. We're going commercial. There is a well. There's a price to pay for yeah. that, and there's a price to pay for yeah having songs that have no meaning um, for, you know, the pop of that generation um, that there will be a price to pay. And it's so PC, it's killing me, which, you know, again, <laughs> we have to talk about John Popper at a, at a later a little time. unusual for him. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't think so. My I friend. mean, no, no, no. It's a little unusual at the time for him um, when it came out. PC was, I mean, I think this was even before Bill Maher started to use the term for his show and things like that. Uh, PC was somewhat edgy. You're right, though. Um, I do not think that he's very PC, especially now these days, knowing what we know. At the time when this came out, you thought he was all rainbows and happiness. I don't know. Maybe he's got one of those weird hats and uh, (laughs) hat gives it away. The hat gives it away. Hat Um, brings you back. So desperately, I sing to. So it's so PC, it's killing me. So desperately, I sing to thee of love and rage and hate and pain and fear of self. But I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. This is this is really awesome in that. Um, so desperately I sing to thee of love, and then juxtaposes that with also of rate, hage, pain, and fear of self, and then is able to beautifully use the self shelf rhyme scheme that everyone steers away from. Yeah, but he puts it into this song about nonsense, and and uses it in a. In a completely different way, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, he, it, it's a completely different way. I think it's it's awesome the way, uh, and I can't keep. Uh, and I've tried. Uh, he's tried to keep his feelings on the shelves. Well, no, in fact, I've lied. And then it turns back around, starts to get a little bit more nonsensical. This, well, I don't this know. this middle part. So um, I can't remember where the hell I uh, where I ended, um, but I will go ahead and pick it up for uh, to hide or slide. I'll do as I'll decide. And let it ride until I've died, and only then shall I abide this tide of catchy little tunes, of hip three-minute ditties. I want to bust all your balloons. I want to burn all of your cities to the ground. I've found I will not mess around unless I play. Then, hey, I will go on all day. Hear what I say. I have a prayer to pray. That's really all this was. And when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on luck because the hook brings you back. I ain't telling you no lie. The goes up high. On that, you can rely. I love that he brings up this uh, could be, uh, in fact, I lied, could be financial suicide, but I've got too much pride inside. Um, exposing a lot of people's turbulence when it comes to, am I going to be an artist or am I going to be a moneymaker? You know, that, that is what a lot of this pretty damn deep. Yeah. Yeah. So in kind of like the quickest verse that kind of hides the words the most is kind of hidden the actual meaning, which I think when you take all of this and you put it together, he is saying, you know, I'm I'm making a decision on whether or not I want to 
put out something that is going to be easily digestible, where the words don't really mean much, but it's very, very catchy. Uh, or I am going to put out something that has a lot of meaning and a lot of heart to it that may be telling some sad stories and may be very, very hard to swallow. And when he... That the DJs might not play. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when he says, I sing to thee of love, sure, yeah. Every, you know, everyone loves a love song, but also rage and hate and pain and fear of yourself. And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. I can't, I can't, you know, just pretend like these feelings don't exist and not write about them. I've tried. Well, no, actually, I haven't tried. Go back nonsense again. Yeah. Yeah, real quick. It could be financial suicide, but I've got too much pride inside. To hide <laughs> or slide, I'll do as I'll decide. I'm either going to hide behind this bullshit or I'm going to slide and be slick. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I, that's that's beautiful. And let it ride until I've died. <laughs> and only then shall I abide this tide of... Ca- uh, so only then will I abide... By this tide of catchy little tunes and three-minute ditties. Because I want to burst all your balloons and I want to burn all your cities to the ground. You know, this is a pointed attack at either someone in particular. Or it it could be... Or this whole movement Superficial of, music, you know. Or superficial music in general. The hipster view, you know. Um, and then, you know, I found I won't mess around unless I play... Then, hey, I'll go on all day, hear what I say. I have a prayer to pray. That's really all this was. And then, you know, I think that's a little bit jumbled, a little bit messy. But the the the, the last two Doesn't lines. Doesn't matter. Does not fucking matter. The last two lines are where it all comes together. Because when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I won't rely on luck because... I know how to make money. Because I know the formula, motherfucker. Because the hook brings you back. Because I know how to put two and two together and make twenty million on a fucking song. He's it, it yeah, it's really beautiful. Especially if you're into if if you're into the hustle, so to speak. Shit, this is a rap song, Mark. I, it's got a rapped third it verse. It does. I mean it but it's it's got that it's got that hip hop flavor at the end and that I'm I'm here to make a buck. You know, I'm 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 not here just for, you know. It's got a little gangster to it is what I'm saying. When I brought this song up and told my wife that we were doing it, I just have to point out that she said, uh, I do want to know if he is saying, my wife wanted to know if he is saying, or did I flick your titties? He does not. Okay, so he doesn't. <laughs> we know that, but she just made me point Though, that out. Though, not surprised. She said, I'll listen to the whole thing if you say that. Um, when paired with the lyrics, the song turns out to be a cleverly constructed criticism of formulaic pop songs. Ironically, Hook became Blues Traveler's biggest selling single. This is much like Royals, yeah. which jumpstarted Lord's career, thus allowing her to buy everything she laments and makes fun of in the song. So the song, you know, this whole song is is about how stupid, vapid songs um, do really well, and it became a huge hit based on having lyrics that mean nothing 30 years on they're still putting it in fucking commercials it's yeah it's still here it's i mean it's frankenstein's monster it is let's talk about john popper for a minute okay here we go john um popper. so <laughs> that's the sound of seth googling so john popper the lead singer 
of Blues Traveler. Mark, when you look on the Wikipedia page, it says members. John Popper's member. He is a member. <laughs> he is a member. He is a member. John Popper has the following um, titles underneath his Wikipedia. Personal life, weapons collecting, politics, religion, legal trouble, online controversy. Lap band. I mean, you know, when you see some of those names, when you see some of those, you're immediately like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, so he... We'll we'll start out by saying he's an awfully talented chap. Wow. This guy um, played trumpet in marching band, plays guitar on a couple of songs. Um, You know, he picked up harmonica kind of on a lark. He pretended to do a um, Jake and Elwood blues thing and was like, oh, the harmonica is kind of cool. And now he can do this. That's an amazing thing. It is an amazing thing. I mean, he played trumpet, too. That's uh, what I said. Yeah, yep. I'm sorry. He jumped you know, in he, jazz he had, band, I believe. He had uh, played an in-class solo on the harmonica, and she blinded me with science. Yeah. That's on the Wikipedia. I mean, That's this pretty, guy I mean, has played with The Roots. This guy has played with... Uh, I mean, he's played with Hanson. He's played with Eric Clapton and B.B. King, Jason Mraz, John Mayer. He's played with a Hungarian ambassador to the United States. He's played with a spin doctor. His Nave Matthews band, Fish, the Allman Brothers. He can play the tin whistle, dude. Yeah. I find that awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy is a fucking weirdo. Um, he... So when are we going to get to the... Que- when are we going to get to the questionable stuff, Mark? Well, I mean, we're, we're painting a really bright, shining picture of this guy. So let's talk about the bummer stuff first. Yeah. Obviously, the guy was very overweight he has been made fun of a lot because of his weight which as a very overweight man myself is a bummer to read um but is obviously something that went on and still goes on to this day and it always bums me out when people would talk shit about like um donald trump and and the things that they would focus on would be the fact that he was fat or had a weird body and it would be like you know, you can hate someone without body shaming them. You President can, of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. You can hate yeah. someone without being shitty about stuff that shouldn't matter to you. It yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't matter that he's fat. It shouldn't matter that he's whatever. Um, well, by the as Martin Luther King said, by the content of his character. This guy's got a lot of character and had a lot of wonderful, amazing things to show for himself. Yeah. He did. He really did. But... There's a duality to man. So he, um, the big story was, and he told this story himself. He uh, had a near fatal heart attack brought on by years of compulsive overeating. Right near the death of Bobby Sheehan. He had, yes, he had been diagnosed with diabetes a few years earlier. He was masturbating and felt like a pang in his chest and called the, called the ambulance who came brought him to Cedar sinai and saved his life with an emergency angioplasty. He later on his, he had a 95% arterial blockage. That means that no blood was coming to and from his heart and his lungs. 5% not blockage. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe like a, you, that means you normally pin. die. Um, 
So he underwent gastric bypass surgery and um, that's the probably the nicest stuff I have to say about it. Lost a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. He lost yeah. an incredibly, uh, incredible amount of weight. Something weird that popped up is that he has I want to be brave written backwards. So I'm guessing when he looks into the mirror. Like John G. raped it. and murdered your wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and and uh, uh. apparently he has learned to be very brave. Um, he's an avid collector of weaponry. This is I'm just lifting this straight from Wikipedia because I don't care. Including firearms, swords, and a working ten thousand dollar American Civil War cannon. Now, why did it? Why is it ten thousand dollars? I don't know. That's weird. That's the price he paid. I he guess. cites a fascination with their aesthetic of being life-savingly efficient machines. What? He's a supporter of the Second Amendment rights and once appeared on an MTV-sponsored roundtable discussion on gun control, which included panelists from a bunch of like colleges, etc. He carries weapons in any state where it is allowed, even when on stage. On his 2003 Daily Show appearance, he stated that he decided to move away from New Jersey because of the state's tight gun laws. Uh, he said that his Bucks County, Pennsylvania property had 32 acres on which he built a private gun range. Um, he now, 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 Mark, hold on. Let me just let me go a little further here. Um, he was arrested in 2007. Uh, by the Washington State Patrol, he was a passenger in his own vehicle, which was stopped for speeding and was found to be in the possession of a small amount of marijuana and a stash of hidden compartments, which contained four rifles, nine handguns, a switchblade, a knife, a taser, a set of brass knuckles and night vision goggles. Jesus. Was he related to the D.C. sniper? Was he the D.C. sniper? Shit, I don't know, man. All right, um, so let me let me finish what I yeah, was going to say here. Go on. Um, uh, now, do you mind if I have some cherry sours? We live in Florida. I have hidden compartments in my car. At any given sours. time in Florida, you are within fifty feet of a gun, whether it's your neighbor's house or may, or if you own one. There's guns everywhere. There are guns all over the place, and this this just a fact of life. Mark, has it ever is is it suspect to you when guns um, are that much of a part of the character and personality of a person when 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 their identity becomes pushing gun legislation and gun rights into the forefront whenever a conversation comes up? I'll tell you, Seth. My general rule is. I have a problem with when anybody makes anything their whole personality. I never in high school, I never understood like drummers that would wear like Zildjian shirts and have like necklaces that had little drumsticks on them and always carried carried drumsticks in their back pocket and like always brought around a practice pad. And all they did was talk about drums. I mean, if that's your style, if that's kind of like your thing, I guess whatever, you know, it's your life. But like when people just kind of like, I'll, you know, I'm trying to like prevent saying anything that's going to get my ass handed to me. But just anybody who takes any one aspect of them and says, this is everything I am. You take that like that bothers me. But when you take that and you're like that, but 
things that can kill you very quickly. There we go. Okay, yes. It makes me very worried. And I was going to say, especially when these people, because these people, these these gun people, these gun uh, people that have guns, I have no problem with. People that say things like, please break into my house. Oh, please. Oh, I would. Oh, pl- I'm begging you. Pl- just give me a reason. Please break into my house and give me a reason to shoot you. The people that read the guns and ammo letter section like it's penthouse for them. Yes. Yeah. It's like, why are you so horny to shoot somebody? Yeah, because there's people out there who, for instance, I knew that food, not bombs, was there was a big part of their identity. Right. That's great. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Well, and 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 it's a thing they do, but it's like they don't go around wearing food not bomb shirts every day, even if and they... only talking about food not. I mean, it's just like, yeah, we get it, but there's other things to your character. Now, I'd much rather someone talk about food not bombs and make food bomb not bombs their entire, you know, their entire personality than fucking civil war cannons and guns or whatever. Right. But I mean, any of that stuff, it's like. Be something more than just one thing. Well, you know what I mean? That is a good point. But if what you are, if what you are and your identity hinges on weapons of destruction, I think that you there you mm. need to reflect a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I, it just, kind of just know. makes me wonder what you're scared of. And again, yeah. I, I, I've known gun owners who have a gun and have it next to their bed and go... I rue the day that I have to use this thing. That's there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's and me. I understand I, I, that. It, I have. A, uh, I'll just admit it. I got a gun under my bed. I haven't touched it in years. Yeah, it just sits there. Yeah, it's got a lock on it. it Clean it there. every once in a while. I, I haven't even <laughs> respect it. Yeah, you know because if you've got, I'm a terrified wife of the idea and a kid, etc. And you want to protect them and you want to protect yourself. I understand that. Okay, I get it. And if to you having a gun is how you think that you will be able to best protect your family and you and yours, then great. But if people are getting fucking hard because they're like, yo, um, oh, my God, please give me a reason. You're fucked up. You are fucked up. You are fucked up. Or even like, especially when they're like, and this is you pl- to try and steal my TV. It's like you're going to shoot someone over a TV. Yeah. yeah. Like you think a TV is more worth more than a human life. Now, I get it. It's your TV and you worked very hard for it. Do I think someone should just get to have your TV? No. Do I look at you very, very puzzled? Because you're stroking your fucking ding dong off at the thought of shooting someone in the back because they're trying to take your 65 inch TV. Bro, I'll buy you another TV. (laughs) But the thing is, is that it's not about that. Almost all of uh, almost anybody in this situation goes, it's not about it, about the TV. It's about my stuff and it's that, about uh, it that's what i was just going to say is that there was this t-shirt that was everywhere that just uh, that was prevalent for a little while like 12 years ago and it was the silhouette of an ar and underneath it it said it's my right yeah your rights preclude everything preclude everything the comfort the safety the you know oh you know my rights preclude everything 
you know, and, uh, and, and, and it's just, it's pure selfishness. I can't help but think that John Popper is a little bit short-sighted and maybe a tad bit selfish in his obsession. Yeah, I mean, now, you know, I know he's pro-Second Amendment. He is clearly pro-having a bunch of different fucking weapons. You can weapons. be. It's fine. He also voted for Barack Obama in yeah. 2008. He said it was the first time he ever voted for a Democrat. He also phone-banked for Ron Paul. He refers mm-hmm. to himself as a libertarian who is a Republican when pushed. Um, he said, I believe in freedom for markets and freedom for individuals, so I guess that makes me a libertarian. <laughs> um, he has toured with the USO. Um, he has performed with a band of the Air Force Reserve. Uh, he appeared on Rock the Vote. I've heard that band live, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, really great. I believe it. He also performed for Bernie Sanders. Okay. So he's kind of all over the place. He yeah. refers to himself as a recovering Catholic. Um, I love this online controversy in that, as Mark had mentioned earlier, he's an avid Twitter user. And he also doxed um, a Twitter user, meaning he posted the home address and information of one of them. Um, made jokes at this guy's expense and arguing with him. Also drew attention for arguing, <laughs> arguing with a bot. Yes. called Assbot. So so this uh, was there are two big um Twitter things which is great. That yes, it is very great. So there are two big Twitter things that I know him for. One of them is a uh, a woman uh said mentioned something about him um you know almost dying while masturbating and just kind of like LOL um and then of course because he constantly checks blues traveler and john popper he went off on them and referred to her as a c-word um he uh said hey i only said your mom enjoyed it you were projecting rape you little weirdo um he um said you're clearly a day at the beach with rape fantasies of mom my best to her at thanksgiving he um He's just very, very weird um, and very creepy. Um, there's actually a uh, <laughs> there's actually a Tumblr called John P- Popper is a creep uh, that is dedicated to him being fucking creepy and weird. Um, I don't really know what else to say about him other than that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The there's, other thing there, was there is yeah. The other thing is say... him compl- him fighting. With a bot, basically, as one website I saw referred to him as him losing against the English language, <laughs> the bot would just basically throw random words together. And then when John Popper started getting into a public fight with a bot, not a human being, but a bot, the make one of the co-creators of the bot started making fun of him in particular. Now, I do want to mention that when this guy started making pointed remarks, the guy started specifically making fun of him and his weight, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, which sucks. Hitting below the belt. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it is it is shitty to do. So John Popper went ahead and found the guy's name and the guy's address and posted it. So the guy, of course, was like, whoa, 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 stop. So John was like, John, like I'm his friend. John Popper was like, you know, all right, we'll tell you what. Truce. You stop mentioning me, Blues Traveler, or anything altogether, and I will take down the information. So the guy did. Then the guy <laughs> retweeted Blues Traveler, 
and John Popper then included an aerial view from Google uh, Streets yeah. of his house wow. with the information again. By the way, he's John or John. Uh, Mark is not reading this. No, you know this. Oh, I know this. <laughs> you know this. Um, so there has definitely been some back and forth. Now, again, I mean, the guy sucks for having made fun of John Popper's weight, but John Popper also had a history of being gross and weird. Um, and I'm not even talking about the gun stuff. I'm talking about the other stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, it is what it is. It's a bummer. Um, the bassist died, I believe, in 2009. At like 99. It was really a long time ago. How? What? When was it? 99, I think. 1999? 98 or 99. Something. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I just remember reading about it. Oh, okay. It was like not long after Kingpin, you know. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So he died. Uh. And then they ended up uh filling his position. <laughs> I tried clicking on Bobby Sheehan's uh page. Uh, he's got a little link inside the Blues Traveler page, and it just brings you back to Blues Traveler. If you, I just the did link this. brings you back. <laughs> the link brings you back. I just uh put in uh John Popper controversy. And there are just myriad people on here, just on a, on a Google search of uh, John Popper uh, argued with me about gun rights. The Blues Traveler guy lied about me in his book. All of this coming from Oh, yeah, he's got Twitter. an autobiography. And just, I mean, he just, uh, apparently the guy from, guys, according to him, from Hanson made a fat joke about him. There's just tons and tons of of John Popper is bored at home and wants to argue with people online. Mark, we've both known people like this in our lives. Um, mm -hmm. Generally, I look at them as a little bit sad. Um, and it's a little bit shocking seeing that he was so insightful on this song from 1994. What the hell happened? Uh, I mean, you can be brilliant and also be a piece of shit. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, how would... Oh, the music video... So we mentioned shortly the music video. Uh, the first verse is basically a bunch of beauty pageant women who are speaking, you know, who are lip syncing the words. Great. Yeah. Um, looking directly into the camera. The second verse is a politician okay. stylized as Citizen Kane. Yes. Charles Foster Kane. And uh, so what you're getting from both of them is that these are people just like the musician who are saying a lot of nothing. He point it's pointed out not indirectly through the use of pageant girls, you know, uh, maybe there's a vapid, a, a vapid aspect to, to what's going on here. There is a little bit. Um, and then Charles Foster Kane, it was all a blowhard, a giant blowhard, a politician, a big bag of wind mm -hmm. and with no real substance. So it, it plays the video really, really does very well play into the theme. Well, I think with those the, the use of those two uh, devices. But you also have the guy from remote control um, sitting <laughs> there Ken on Ober. his sofa uh, looking like he's probably about to jerk off and maybe have a heart attack. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but he's just sitting there watching the TV and then. Yeah, he's he's kind of just sitting there flipping through and and kind of taking it all in, kind of like doing some weird things with his face, like what the hell am I watching? Uh, the third verse is just basically flipping name? through Ken Ober. Ken Ober, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, he uh, is just kind of flipping through, and it shows what seems like is a giant commercial for Blues Traveler. <laughs> it, <laughs> it looks like the best I can tell. You know, 33% of it is live shows of them, I believe. Or 
concert footage and just kind of like B-roll. 33% of it is the video for Runaround. Yeah. And then 33% of it is clips from either the politician or the... Stock uh, footage. or Well, uh, the politician or the um, the women in the pageant. So it's like some of this music video, some of their past music video, and some of B-roll footage and, and live music footage. And some, you know, some video of them playing in a living room. Um, also sends the message with that maybe TV is a little nonsensical. Oh, for sure. As well, especially with the actions of Ken, o- Ken Ober at the very ending, turning off the TV and reaching over and picking a book, uh, picking up a book on Civil War history. Allah, did you ever see Cable Guy? Yes. At the end of Cable Guy, when they all turn off their televisions because the screen goes to static, and then people start picking up books and things like that. Yeah. Famously, that was Kyle Gass picking up the book at the end of uh-huh. Cable Guy. I, don't know I didn't know that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely kind of taking the idea of songs that don't actually have any real meaning. You just kind of think it because you hear the way they're talking uh you know their voice is going up and their voice is going down inflections and you think oh my god i'm i'm wrapped with uh you know all of my attention and you find out that people aren't really saying much it's great how that shit works um as far as a creep factor (laughs) Do we include John Popper being a creep? I don't think we do. We're, we're talking about the song here. Yeah. We're talking about um, Creep Factor 0.7. For you? It's, it's nothing. I yeah. was going to say 0.9. Just yeah. couldn't even break a one. I mean, it's, it's not really creepy. It's not creepy at there's all. There's nothing but creepy in John it. John Popper is involved, so there's going to be a little <laughs> bit of a spike. There's got to be something. I want to do a fun one. Let's do one. What is it? What are we going to do, Mark? We're going to do Love Gun by Kiss. Oh, yeah. We're going it's not back even to on Kiss. The list. It's not even on the list. No, it's not. But... I, I I I brought it up as an idea once, and then we ended up doing a bunch of stuff, and I kept thinking I'm ke- I keep forgetting to put it on the list, and I want to do Love Gun. There was a, a, a point that I wanted to talk about something uh, in our last in the in the Christine sixteen one that I didn't get to bring up that I'm gonna bring up yes, in this one, and you're good. gonna love it. I think good, yeah. great. Yeah. So uh, please go ahead and listen to Love Gun by Kiss. One of their horniest songs, and that's and that's, that's really something. That's really hot-blooded something. American males up there. <laughs> um, so go listen to uh, go listen to Love Gun, Seth. Uh, I I wish you uh, such a fantastic trip. Thank you. I know by the time this episode comes comes out, you'll be you'll be back home. Uh, but I I wish the best to you and your family. I hope you guys have a fantastic time, and I hope you guys absolutely slaughter it on stage. Or the, out, the, at, at the studio. At the studio stage. Just to let you know, we have this great video of, we're really hoping, Jen is a big Muffs fan, and there's a video of Kim Shattuck from the Muffs, rest in peace, playing Just a Game, and I want to try and recreate it. Because uh, Jen nice. played that song all the time. I'm like, I want to go I wanna t- I wanna go in that, because it's that studio that we're going to be in, and I just want to take one second while nobody's there and get her to play Just yeah. a Game and film it. I want to do that so bad. That rolls. Yeah. All right, so go listen to Love Gun by Kiss, and we will be back next Monday with another episode of Lyrics to Go. Somewhere between my mouth and your ears Some words got lost The idea wandered on
Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyricstogopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>